Uh, very kind. You may be seated this morning. It's very kind of you, Pastor Rob. Great to be here. Uh, and uh, yeah, in, in a new season for Sharon and I, uh, this time I visit in, yeah, in a new season um, as one of those people that felt the call of God to the Gold Coast. It's like, yeah, sure you did. And, uh, but uh, believe it or not, it's another story for another day. But um, absolutely, uh, Sharon and I, in the will of God for our lives, we were leading a church and uh, leading the state and uh, resigned all of that and uh, went to serve uh, in a church on the Gold Coast. A good friend of mine, Pastor Joel Cave, been friends with him for over 10 years. And he didn't invite me up, I invited myself. And that's not a joke either. Uh, we were playing, we were on long service leave last year and uh, we were playing golf. And Sharon and I had been in a season of change and transition and God had been speaking and stirring some things and we knew that change was coming and we didn't, um, you know, put our resume, as you if you like, out across the nation. We didn't do any of that um, and go, well, let's see what opportunities are there. Uh, I knew that it was a season where I wasn't going to pass to my own church, but God had very clearly put a, a particular area on our heart of what I felt this next season looked like. So I was playing golf with my friend Joel and I said, Joel... Um, I don't know what you're up to, but if you've got room, I'd love to come, come work for you. And um, two weeks later, um, yeah, we, we followed that conversation up, and that was in October last year. And in January, Sharon and I moved up, and so it was a real God timing. Um, even when I spoke to him that day, um, just the day before, he had had a board meeting, and as a board, they had determined that they were going into a new season as a church, and they needed to um, add a new role of executive pastor, which they hadn't had before. And everything that he asked me if I could, you know, be willing to do was everything Sharon and I had written on a piece of paper on our long, like literally two weeks earlier, Sharon said, Josh, what would be your dream? Like if you could do anything in ministry, what would it be? And I said, all right. So we wrote it down and I wrote a list of the things that I felt like God had called me to and put on my life. And then two weeks later, I sit with Joel and he says, look, Josh, we do have a role. I don't know if you're going to, if this is what you want to do or not and he started listing off the role and I'm mentally going tick 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 at the end he goes so I don't know how that sounds I said look Joel how about I do this when I get back to my hotel I'm going to take a photo of my journal and I'm going to send it to you and let that be the answer to your question and so about half an hour later or an hour later I get back to the hotel and I had my journal there and I took a photo of that list and I sent it through and uh, needless to say um, that was an answer of yes that's exactly what I feel God calling us to so we're in a season where it's it's absolutely been the will of God. We did live on the Gold Coast once before. We have friends and family there and so it wasn't that foreign to us but um, we're enjoying a, a, a great new season for us. But you know I really come today with a, with a message I guess through our own journey of the last 12 months and what, where I believe uh, the church is at right now and, and it's appropriate to your life and, and I believe that this word I've got today has a prophetic undertone to it for where the church is at and where, where God is wanting to move and I believe it's going to speak to your life personally today as well because I do believe that uh, the church is in a, in a different season and in, in a season of preparation for what God wants to do next. Uh, I said in the earlier service, we, as much as we would always love to be living in a growth season or a fruiting season, that's just not life. Right? Life is not a permanent growth season. And, uh, you know, we see that as our kids grow up. It gets to a point where, you know, they stop growing physically, but then we, we see the growth mature, you know, the maturity grows. And so we're always going through different seasons of growth. I remember a number of years ago, um, Sharon really wanted a lime tree. She wanted to grow some limes. And so we bought this lime tree and we planted it. And who knows that for two seasons, we got zero limes. 
Nothing, nada. And I'm like, what a useless tree this is. Like, we've planted this lime tree and, and it's not even producing any limes, but who knows that it needed some time of strengthening, of watering, of, of, of getting ready. And uh, in the third season after that, um, after we planted, I remember when it grew three. And I was so excited, I, I took them off and I, and I took a photo and I shared them and it took three seasons for it to begin to fruit and, and that's, that's a little bit like what life is. We have seasons and we all want to be in the fruiting season, let's be honest, that's the fun season but who knows that there are seasons in our life and there are seasons when to get to the, for the fruit to be there, there's got to be a planting season. There's actually got to be a season where we get our hands dirty and we dig some trenches and we dig deep and we dig some wells and we prepare ourselves for that fruiting season. You know, it is unrealistic and it's immature for us to, to expect fruit but not to plant. Everyone's like, of course, Josh, that makes sense. But, you know, it's interesting how sometimes spiritually we're praying breakthrough prayers and we're praying prayers of God, you know, uh, do this and do that. But God's saying, yeah, great, but what are you sowing in this season? What have you sown in previous seasons? I said in the earlier service, you know, wh wh when's the best time to plant a tree? Does anyone know the best time to plant a tree? I'll, I'll tell you, I know, 20 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago was the best time to plant a tree and you go, oh, Josh, I've missed it. Well, the good news is there's, I'll tell you the second best time to plant a tree. You want to know? Today. Today. Because what we plant today and what we put in the ground and what we sow today is going to speak to our future seasons. You know, the Bible talks, let, let's have a look in, in Scripture. Um, we see in Galatians chapter 6, it says there in verse 7, a man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. You see, th there will be a harvest, but who knows, for there to be a harvest, there's got to be some sowing. There's got to be some sowing. And so today I want to talk about every season matters. You might not be in a fruiting season now and you're like, Josh, I desperately want to be in a production season. I want to be in that momentum. I want to be in that season where things are starting to take shape. Well, I want to encourage you with the season that you're in. I want to speak into the season that you're in because what you and I do today is going to speak to those future seasons. What we do today, the, the, the decisions we make, our response, even if you're in a tough season, your response in the tough season is going to strengthen you and set you up for future seasons of fruitfulness. Amen? You go, Josh, that sounds good, but where's that in the Bible? Thank you for asking. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, this is Paul speaking. Right? And he's giving thanks, he's closing out some thoughts to the Philippian church, he's giving thanks and he says this, this is a powerful, powerful set of scriptures here. It says, I'm not saying this, uh, where are we? No, for I have learned, verse 11, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Let me change that out. I have learned to be content whatever the season Josh, do you have anything else? Yeah, I do. I'm just letting you think about that. Let that sink in. I have learned to be content whatever the season. That's what Paul's saying. Because he goes on to say to us here in this passage, he goes, I've know, I know what it is to be in need. So he's, he knows what it is to have nothing or, or just to be struggling to get by. And he says, but I've also, I also know what it is to have plenty. So he's been at both ends. 
He's been in both of those seasons. He goes, I've experienced it all. I've had it all and I've had nothing and everything in between. And he goes on and he says, I have learned the secret. I wonder today, have you learned the secret? I'm not talking about the leaven, herbs and spices. Some of you are like, before I die, I'm going to find out what they are. Good luck with that. That's not the secret today. It's not the secret sauce. You know, everyone talks about oh, having a secret sauce. You know, what? Well, that's fantastic. But Paul says, I've learned a secret. And he says, and the secret is that I've learned what it is to be content in every and any situation. So let's rephrase that. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every season. He doesn't say I've learned to be content when God is opening all the doors that I'm knocking on. He doesn't say I've learned to be happy and content and to be, to be you know, up and about when I get the answer to the, every prayer that I pray. He doesn't say that. He says I've learned to be content even when the door doesn't open. I've learned to be content even when the tree doesn't fruit. I've learned to be content even when the prayer is not yet answered. I've learned to be content regardless. Why? Because his contentment, stay with me, his contentment is not in the season. His contentment is not in the outcomes of the season. His contentment is not in whether there's fruit in this season or not fruit. His contentment is found in his relationship with Jesus. You go, how do you know that, Josh? I know that because it goes on and it says, I can do all this through Christ, through him who gives me strength. What was his focus? Christ and Christ crucified. His focus wasn't what he achieved. His focus wasn't his... You know, the world tells us that content, to be content means I've accumulated. Look at what I've got. Look at what my life's done. Look at the legacy. Now, don't get me wrong. Is there anything wrong with those things? No. But it's not where we find our joy. It's not where we find our peace. It's not where we find our... Because Paul's saying, you know what? I've had it all and I've lost it all. And maybe that's your... Ex- maybe you're here today and you go, Josh, I can relate to that. Because I was once, I had it all, and now I, I've got nothing. I've lost it all. Business went down. Crisis happened, health battle, and, and I've had so much, whether it's materially or relationally, whatever it may be, you go, oh, I can relate today. But what Paul's saying is that regardless of the season, I've learned what it is to be content. I've learned what it is to be okay. I've learned what it is to enjoy. I've learned what it is to make the most of every season and find my contentment, to find my joy, to find my trust, to find my hope in Christ and Christ alone, because it's he that gives me the strength. Stuff doesn't give me the strength. Accumulating stuff doesn't give me the strength. Perceived success doesn't give me the strength. No, it is Christ that gives me the strength that regardless of what's going on, I'm okay. And actually, I'm more than okay. I'm good. I'm really good. So I wondered this morning, have we got some good people here today? Not behavior good, but are you good this morning? I wonder, have you learned the secret? (laughs) have you learned the secret? I hope you're being honest with yourself this morning. You might be sitting here going, Josh, to be honest, no, I have not. That's good, you're in the right place this morning. Or maybe you're like, Josh, I'm on the way, great. I'm on the way. I've learned what it is. See, what, what we speak about here is we understand that life has seasons. Life has seasons. We see that today is the day of Pentecost. The day that we, we celebrate as, as the, 
you know, as a Pentecostal church and as a, as a life-giving church, we celebrate what took place in the book of Acts when there was a bunch of people told to wait in an upper room for the, for, for the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit that would empower the early church and believers. And we're living in the legacy of that today. We live in the legacy of the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They understood seasons. What did Jesus tell them to do? He says, go into a room and wait. Who knows that waiting is a season? <laughs> Who knows that that waiting season is our least favorite season? But even the early believers were in a season of waiting. Jesus says, I want you to wait. Now, was that waiting a waste of time? I believe not. There was a preparation that took place in the waiting. There was a focus that took place in the waiting. And see, we, we have waiting seasons. We have the mundane seasons. We have the, the seasons where it feels like not much is happening. And all we want is the next season. And so what do we do? We fast forward and we look at everyone else. We go to social media and we go, well, look at their season. I want that. I've noticed that with other people's seasons on social media, that they never put up the journey to get to the beach. They only put up the photo of the family at the beach having the most awesome time. What they don't put up is on the way there, mum and dad had an argument. Dad said, if I have to stop this car, come on, you know what I'm talking about. If, you don't, if I have to stop this car, they don't see that one of the kids vomited, right, got car sick. They don't see that when they got there, there was all sand through the, through the lunch. We see none of that. We don't see the journey. All we get is the perfect shot at the end. Hey, happy families. And we all sit there and go, oh, if only my family were that happy. Now we joke, but isn't it true? Isn't it true? We, get this, we start to look at other people's seasons and we go, oh, if only I was there. But what we don't understand is we don't understand what people are carrying, the burdens, what's really going on in their season. And we see a snapshot, right? But perspective is you don't know what they're carrying in that season. You know, you don't know what they're carrying. I got caught in this trap. As a pastor a few years ago, I got caught in this trap and I was going through a difficult stage of my leadership and uh, our church was going okay, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't setting the world on fire, if I'll be honest. And what I mean by that is we were really believing for a season of salvations and growth and, and momentum and it just felt like it was a season where everything was hard and it was like there was no oil on the, on the gears and it's like, man, we're just trying to get oil in there. It was just one of those tough seasons, right? But I'm looking at friends of mine in their church and they're, they're putting up photos and it's like revival's breaking out. And it's like every, every time they turn the lights on, it's like revival. I'm like, I'm going and turning on our lights and I just see an empty room. And it's like, what's going on? Like, I need to get some new light switches. Like, their light switches. You know what I learned? I'm looking at some of these guys and in their seasons and I'm looking at the great angle that they took the photo from. See, what I learned, here's a little side note, something I learned, Rob, you, there is an angle in every church building that with your iPhone, if you get the angle right, you can have a revival every Sunday on social media as well. <laughs> Josh, you're so cynical. No, it's just a, it's a truth. It's a fact. It's just something I learned. Right? But I got really discouraged through that season and so I blocked and I shut down my social media because I'm just like, this is not doing me good. I was feeling discouragement. I spoke to one of those pastors sometime later and I was really honest. I said, just so you know, I actually closed my social media. I blocked. I didn't want to see what was going on. And at first they looked at me like shocked. And I said, no, no, don't worry. It's not you. It's me. <laughs> it's not me. Yeah, some of you, anyway. Um, <laughs> some of you broke up with someone once and you used that line. Um, and uh, I said, it's not you. It's me. And um, 
<laughs> and I said that day to him, I said, I said, here's the deal. I said, I was just going through a really discouraging phase and every time I saw what was happening, and I said, and I celebrate what's happening in your church, praise God. I said, but with where I was at, I just found that really difficult. So I'm just, I'm very, I wear my heart in my sleeve. So I just said, I'm being honest. He didn't know that I wasn't, that I had closed all that down, but I, I just was really honest. I said, I'm letting you know, I, I, I had to stop. He goes, yeah, I get it, I get it. And he goes on to go, yeah. He goes, yeah, he goes, I get it, he get it. He goes, but Josh, here's the thing. Like, during that season, he goes, I, I, had, I had someone uh, make an accusation in the church against me, a false accusation, so I was dealing with that. I said, I had some problems with my, in, in, in our board. One of my sons got diagnosed with a particular condition, and so personally, it was really hard. He goes, I had some staff move on. He goes, that was a really tough season. Do you see, you see what's going on here? See, perspective is we, we look at other people's seasons when we want to get out of ours and we perceive that they're in a better season but we don't know what they're carrying. We never know the burden. We don't know what they're carrying but also what we don't know. Sometimes we're looking at other people in their season and we're going, oh, lucky them but we don't know that in, back here what they were sowing that they made the most of some earlier seasons. They made every season count. And just like there's seasons in life naturally, there's seasons in our life spiritually. And so there might be someone right now experiencing a season of blessing and abundance, but let's not be so focused on their blessing and abundance. Let's understand that somewhere along the line, there was a season of sowing. There was a diligence to sow in a difficult season. Amen? And so life has seasons. Paul speaks about it. In 1 Corinthians 3, 6, and he talks about at any given time, we're in a season, and it's where it says that, you know, he talks about, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, and God made it grow. See, there's different seasons, and there's different purposes for different seasons. He's saying, you know what, there was a season where I planted it, but I planted that seed, but I, I wasn't even the one that watered it, and, and then it was God who bought the increase. See, there's different seasons, and there's different things that God is doing in different seasons. In this room, we're all in a season but the reality is, if we spoke to the person next to us, we're all in a season, but we're all in a different season. But we're all in a season. Who knows that this church is in a season? It, it's the case for all of us, and we need to understand there are different seasons. There are seasons of preparation and pruning. That's the planting. So when you're planting, it's preparing. It's getting things ready. You're getting the soil ready. You're, you're planting seed. Maybe some pruning needs to happen. Then there's the proving season. Right? That's the watering, the strengthening. It's a time where we consolidate. It's a time where we strengthen and we make sure that everybody's, everything's strong in our life. Right? We, we're, we're making sure that the roots are going down deep. But then, praise God, we do have a producing season. But we can't be in all those seasons at once. can't hold the past and the future in your hand at the same time. I was really challenged with this last year when Sharon and I were seeking God about our future. And we went on long service leave and we were believing that God would speak to us. We knew that we were in a time of transition, but we didn't fully understand what that was and we didn't know what the future held. And we were praying and asking God to reveal the future to us. We went on long service and I said, Sharon, here's what I want us to do. I know we need to have a break physically, mentally, emotionally. Absolutely get that. I said, but spiritually, I believe God wants to speak to us. I said, so as we go on long service, I'm going to go and buy us a journal each. So I went and bought a blank journal. I said, can we just start every morning just doing our devotions and just write down whatever God speaks to us? She's like, okay, let's do that. So we did that. Within two weeks of uh, starting our long service leave, 
uh, I went to Sharon one morning, I said, Sharon, I just, I just feel like the Spirit of God has revealed something to me in my reading, and I said, I feel really challenged, you and I, we're, we're sort of believing God and praying, God, would you show us what's next, would you show us our future season? I said, but I felt really challenged by we haven't actually resolved our past season and our current, we, we actually don't even understand the season we're in, and we're trying to get God on the next season. And so I said, you know, I feel like what we need to do is we just need to forget about what's next. We need to forget about the future season and we need to make the most of this season. And so we spent some time talking about that and praying about that. And that led us to a point where we realized that the season that we're in was coming to an end. And so we resolved that and we actually made some decisions to go, we believe God that you're bringing the current season of us leading a church and what we're doing to an end. Do you know the moment we made that decision, the moment we made that decision, within, within days, God began to reveal the next to us. And through that, I believe that God spoke to me and revealed something of the pattern of Scripture that you can't hold the past and the future. And this is a word for some people here this morning. You're believing God about future seasons. You're believing for God to speak and reveal and show. It might be in your business. It might be in your work. It might be a relationship. It might be family. It might be financial. Whatever it might be today, you're seeking and believing God for your future. And you're wanting God to show you. And I feel like the word of the Lord to you this morning is he's going, I want to show you, but I need you to resolve this current season. I need you to be present in this current season because there's some things, there's some necessary endings. And before I can put the new thing in your hand, we need to resolve and leave some old things behind. If you're a relay race runner, there's a handover. The baton needs to be handed over for the next person to run. And it's that picture that I get this morning. There's someone here and, and you're wanting to run forward, but you've still got your hand attached to what was behind you. And it's a season, a now season, to let go of what has been. And some of you are scared to do that. This is a, a prophetic word. I believe it strongly this morning for some people here. You're scared to let go of what has been because you're like, but then what happens? What if I get caught in no man's land? What if I get caught in that middle space like the children of Israel and I end up wandering in the wilderness for 38 years? Here's the thing. The moment that we put our trust in God and go, you know what, I'm going to let go of what has been and I'm going to trust God with today, it's amazing how God will open a door to the future. But he won't open that door while we have got unresolved endings to take care of. Necessary endings. And I believe there is the new that God wants to do. But we've got to come to a point where we resolve and we put our trust in him and go, okay, what do you want to do, God? And we actually deal with the season that we're in. You see, here's what I learned in our transition season. I learned this, that if God was to begin to show me what was next without, without Sharon and I resolving what has been, human nature is this. Oh, which one do I like better? Come on. You're like, you're believing for something great, and then, but then the new comes and you're like, oh, I think I like the old better. I think I like what I... And what will happen is we will never take a step of faith in the new season that God's got if we have got our hands on and then we start to... But that, that's not faith. If we are going to be a people of faith, we, we take our hands off what is, we, we relinquish this season, we say, God, it's yours, it's done, and now I free my hands 
for what you want to do. See, that is faith, to trust God that he's got our best in front, that he wants to bring us to a producing season. And so God works in our seasons. Our lives unfold and grow as we go through the different seasons. What we do is we want to fast forward, we want to get out of that season, we want to get to the next season, but who knows that every season matters. Every season matters. If you're in a difficult season right now, this season matters. There are things that God wants to teach you. There is a trust he wants to put in you. There is a strength that he wants to give you that will get you through. You you go, but Josh, this is a difficult season. Yes, it is. But the reality is, who knows that there will always be a difficult season. When Jesus called a bunch of disciples, he says, hey, come follow me. They jump in a boat and they get halfway. You see it in the book of Mark. They get halfway across what was meant to be like a, the, the boat trip, it was meant to be like going on the Whit Sundays. We're going on this boat with Jesus and he says we're going to the other side. They get halfway across and it says that this furious storm comes up. I don't know about you right then. I'm like, that was not in the brochure. That was not, you know, I want my money. I want a refund. There, were, there was no talk of a storm. You said, Jesus, we're going to the other side. Who knows that even when you're pursuing the things of God, there's going to be stormy seasons. But what gets you through a stormy season? Knowing who's in your boat. Trusting who's in your boat. Because that whole story reveals to us a, 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 whole, a whole scenario of trust. That Jesus called you. He's in the boat. He was chilled out. He wasn't, he wasn't worried about the storm. Storm comes up and the disciples, they begin to question, why did we get on this boat in the first place? They call upon Jesus and what does Jesus say? He says, where's your faith? Where's your trust? Do you trust me? You see, every season matters and you might be going through a storm season, a difficult season right now, but let's understand something about that season. There's something to be learned. There's something that God wants to do in this season. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to grow you. He wants to establish you in this season. But we would just wish the season passed and we miss out on the strengthening. We miss out on what God wants to do. We miss out on what is going to hold us through the next storm. Amen? Amen? Is this speaking to anyone today? Great. Who knows that seasons change? I've got some good news. You're like, Josh, so far, I don't know where the good news is. The good news is coming. Seasons change. Who knows, thank goodness, that winter doesn't stay forever. Unless you live in Melbourne. (laughs) Who knows that winter doesn't even exist if you live in the Gold Coast? Sorry, that's mean. Um, But here's the thing about natural seasons. They have a beginning and they have an end. Daniel talks about this, in the book of Daniel it talks about this, saying, praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power is, listen to this, he, God, changes times and seasons. He changes times and he changes seasons. So here's the encouragement today, whatever season you're in, know that it's not permanent. Now some of you are in a fruiting, and you're like, Josh, everything's awesome, are you telling me it's not going to last? Possibly. (laughs) Because no season is permanent. There's always that cycle of sowing, reaping, sowing, reaping, digging, preparing, strengthening, reaping, sowing. So let's not hold on to a season that we're in, but also let's not be quick to skip out of the season that we're in. Don't wish your now season away. In the moments we've got left, 
this morning. What time did we start church? What time do we finish church? Sorry? No, it's a serious question. I need someone to answer. No, but pl- no, you don't tell a talker you've got plenty of time. I need to know what we're doing here. It's 11.25. We've got five minutes. Okay. Do we only have church for an hour? Oh, we need to have it for an hour and 15. Um, okay, let me, let me just... I'll, I'll, I'll zoom through these quickly. You might be here this morning. You're like, yeah, Josh, I just feel like, though, I'm, I'm in between seasons. I, I want to encourage you with something because I do believe even for the church we're in an in-between season I believe there's a season shift about to take place and I just want to give you a few signs that a season's about to shift to encourage you because maybe some of these things have been discouraging you but I want to bring encouragement to you today that even through some of the signs of a shifting season God's at work he's always at work and he's at work one of the signs of a shifting season is opposition or difficulty things things get difficult things get hard you go, really? That's a, t- that's a sign that God's at work? Absolutely. Because it took a Goliath to move David from the shepherd season to the kingship season. A giant needed a... It took a battle. It took a fight. But who knows that it shifted seasons for him. Sometimes the tension that we're feeling in one season is actually a sign that the season's about to change. I've noticed that whenever God has been shifted Sharon and I into a new season of change and transition and fruitfulness, before the fruits, there's always been a fight. Oh, Josh, it's so hard at the moment. Can I encourage you with this? If it's hard and there's a fire, I, I just got a sense there's a fruit season coming your way. Yeah. And if we can just hang in there and if we can stay trusting it, the enemy, the enemy isn't coming when you're not a threat. The enemy wants to come and bring, cause chaos when you're on the edge of fruitfulness and you're on the edge of God doing something new. Closed doors can be a sign of a shifting season. You're doing what you've always done and it used to always work, but now you're not getting the results. It just doesn't, that can be a sign that God's saying, hey, I'm about to shift things. Something needs to shift. It could be relational shifts. Maybe there's been a change in your relational connections and God's forming new relationships. It can be changing needs and desires. I talk about this being your taste buds change. Something that used to be, you used to love, it tasted good, now it tastes different. You go, I don't know if I I enjoy it as much. See, what God does, he begins to change things in you, the desires. That scripture that says he gives us the desires of our heart, some people misunderstand that. They think that whatever I desire, God's going to give it to me. I thought that when I was younger. I used to close my eyes and pray, God, I want a motorbike. You think I'm joking. And I'd open my eyes and there'd be no motorbike. I was very disappointed. That's, he's, he's, he's not a genie in a bottle. What it says is, you know, those God desires and dreams that are in my heart, he placed them there. And so when your desires begin to shift and change, that's a sign of God changing seasons. Here's the reality. God is at work in every season. And I want to help you this morning to understand how to make the most. I'll leave you with two things because Rob didn't give me much time. Two things this morning. I could have given you so much more, but... I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. Rob and I are good friends. Well, we were good friends, so, you know. But God is at work in every season. I want to encourage you today. God, wherever you're at in this room, hear me. God is at work. You might not see it right now, but I want you need to catch this this morning. He's at work. He's at work. And I want to help you with something. My first point's going to help you go, yeah, well, Josh, if he's at work, what on earth's going on? If he's at work, how come I can't see it? Well, the first key 
The first key to making the most of every season is you've got to be present in the season. Be present in the season. It's like I was talking about earlier. We can be in a season, but we can be looking at everyone else's season, and so we get distracted by that. And then we also get distracted by where we'd rather be. But if we are going to make the most of every season, we need to be present in the season that we're in. Stay in your lane. Stay on track. Be present. Wasn't Jesus brilliant at this? You read the Gospels and you see Jesus' ministry. He had crowds flocking to him, but his ability to be present in the moment, to be walking through a village and have a, have a man begging and lame, calls out and the disciples are like, leave him alone, leave him alone. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. And he stopped and he was able to be present. And the Samaritan woman at the well, of all the things, Jesus is on his way, he's busy, he's got ministry to do, but he always was present in the moment. Every time he was present in the moment, a miracle would happen. A miracle would happen. And I believe today that if we can be present in the moment, we position ourselves for miracles. So let's not compare. Let's not be frustrated. Let's not, if you can be present in the season, maybe it's not a great season, but be present in it. Give God your focus and attention because I believe that when we can keep ourselves present and keep our eyes fixed on Him, we position ourselves for miracles. We position ourselves for God to do the impossible. The second thing we do is instead of asking why, we ask what. Oh, why is this happening? Oh God, why why do I have to walk through this again? Oh God, why, why? And come on, I'm not the only one that says why. We all do it. But instead of, if we're going to be, make the most of every season, instead of asking why, what if we were to ask what? God, what is it that you want to do in me? God, what is it that you want to strengthen? God, what is it that you want to establish? God, what is it that you want to prune away? What is it that you want me to surrender? I wonder if you'd stand with me this morning. I wonder what it is, God, that you would have me to let go of. I wonder what it is in this season that you would say, I want you to begin to plant. What is it that I need to invest in? What is it that I need to sow seeds into? What is it that I need to give my attention to? What is it that you are asking of me? Instead of why, we say what? say what what is it God and I believe across this room we're all in a season and there's a what in front of all of us and I just want us to close eyes this morning because I believe this morning that for many of you you are on the edge of a season shifting and I believe it for this church Rob that there's a season shift in front of you and the Lord's wanting to bring clearance but it all starts with surrender it all starts with not why it starts with a what What is it that you want to do? What is it that you need from me? What is it that you want me to hand over? What is it that I need to let go? What is it that I just need to leave in the past so that I can embrace it? What is it? Because if we're going to make the most of every season, we need to be present and we need to be prepared to ask God, what is it? What is it that needs to go so that you can establish? And I believe right now, and and I just want to, pray and declare this over you. There is a season. Lord, we just pray right now. Lord, for every season that is represented in this room, relationship, finance, jobs, careers, health, ministry, whatever it may be, there are seasons in this room. And we're praying today for a clearing away of disappointment. We're praying today that there would be a clearing away of discouragement, of limitation, damage from the previous. You're just going to bring healing and freedom today. Healing and freedom. You're going to to bring a new day. 
so God, I just pray that we would be in this season, that as your people, we would have open hands, not holding on to things that have been, but hands that are surrendered to you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Rob and Pauline, I know Pauline's out in kids' ministry today. I'll hand back to Josh, but I, I need to share this. It's a scripture that is a favorite of mine, and, and it's been heard. It's Isaiah 43, and you've probably used it a lot yourself, Rob, but I really felt strongly yesterday some thoughts for you guys. I want to encourage you. I, I do believe that there's a new season for, that is going to emerge God is, there's some new that he's wanting to bring into your leadership and into your life and into this church. It says there in Isaiah 43, it says, forget the former things and do not dwell on the past. See, this was an encouragement to the children of Israel who had been caught in exile. And the prophet is encouraging them to say, you know what, there's been some things in your past, but forget about those. What, what it literally means there, what, what this translates as, don't get stuck in past things. And so the prophet's encouraging, hey, don't get stuck in past methods. Don't get stuck in past, don't get stuck in what's happened. Free yourself from that. Don't dwell on that and see in verse 19 that I'm going to do a new thing. And it says there, now it springs up, do you not perceive it? What that's talking about is staying in step with the Spirit of God. I believe in this next season, Rob, that the Holy Spirit is wanting to give you divine download. There's going to be a divine download not taking something off the shelf, not, oh yeah, let's, there's going to be a divine download. There's going to be some keys. There's going to be some steps in this next season. There's going to be a letting go and there's going to be a readiness and a surrender to go, God, what do you, what does it look like next? And I believe as you stay in step with the Spirit, there's going to be a divine download because it goes on to say that now it springs up, do you not perceive it? It says, and this is the key, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. What is that saying to us? I'm taking you on a path that has not yet been tread. I'm not taking you down the same path. I'm not leading you down the paths that you've known. There is a new way. There's a new way where people are going to say, but there's no path, Rob. How could we? No, there's a new, you're going to forge a new way, a new path. It's going to bring fresh freedom. It's going to bring a life. It's going to bring a vibrancy to the church and to the community. And so I see new streams, new roads, new ways. It's coming in Jesus' name. Can you just raise your hands towards heaven, Rob? Here's the thing. We're never going to go forward if we stay stuck on what has been. The children of Israel couldn't go into the promised land while they held on to what has been. Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for Rob and Pauline in this next season. Lord, we're praying for a divine download. Lord, we're praying for kingdom strategy. Lord, I just believe you're going to give them a supernatural download of your spirit. And Lord, as they stay in step with you, Lord, we're believing for new paths. Lord, we're believing for new streams, Lord, to forge a new way. Lord, not the ways that have been walked before, not the ways things have been done before, but Lord, you're going to put a boldness, a real boldness in Pastor Rob's heart to go in a direction and to lead in ways not seen before. So we pray for that and we pray for the fruit that will come from that over this church. In Jesus' name, Amen. Can we encourage our pastors this morning? Thank you. God bless you.